0: Hey, Online family, welcome. Hey. We're in a series called Acting Up.
1: And hey, our hope in this series is to kind of journey through the book of Acts and to look at it, not to play copycat, uh, but to really look at it as a foundation that we can
0: leap off of and see what it looks like for God to move in our everyday lives. We hope you get a lot out of it. God bless you. See ya. See, it's not how much you you know, but it's how much you live. You know, it's taking these things and making them part of your life. Okay? You know, uh, make make it an adventure that you just, God is taking you on. That you're seeing the power. You know, again, this isn't an arrogant thing. This isn't like, well, yeah, I've got power. No, really, he has power. But he wants to use you and use your hands. He wants to work through you. And you need to embrace that. You need to own it, and do what God's calling you to do. So here in Acts fourteen, you know I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I'm going to read the first little story here because this is so good. It's all good, but it says it happened in Iconium that they went together to the synagogue of the Jews and spoke to a great multitude of both Jews and Greeks, and they believed and. Uh, uh, unbelieving jews stirred up the gentiles and poisoned their mind against the brethren you know there's always going to be trials in this earth okay there's going to be people that don't agree with you but i'll tell you what you got to keep doing what god's called you to do yes. okay don't be swayed don't be moved by other people's unbelief or 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 lack of support and what you're doing i'm telling you what you got to know that god has called you And what anybody says, Oral Roberts used to say this. He says, when God speaks, don't confer with flesh and blood. Go do it. Go do it. You know, people get stopped in their missions from God because they got too many opinions. But it says they they stayed a long time and they spoke boldly in the Lord who is bearing witness to the word of his grace. And get this, granting signs and wonders to be done. How? By their hands. What do you think was going on? They were using their hands, they were laying hands on people and the power of God was being released in their bodies, in their minds, you know, laying out of hands is a powerful thing, you know, when it comes to healing, you know, that's one way that God administers that kind of, kind of life, that kind of power is through the laying out of hands. There's some things that, you know, that it really doesn't work for though. Can i even say that in church i love church there's some things you know you, you can't go overboard when i was a new christian when i was brand new you know just 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 hot off the press you know i remember reading some you know i was reading books every night and i remember reading about having your mind renewed and i thought oh i guess i need my mind renewed you know it's not too you know it wasn't really kind of churchy or anything which was probably good but uh but anyway i remember going to my pastor you know i had to get an appointment and, and, and I got an appointment, and I went to see my pastor. We, I went to a pretty big church. There was a few thousand people downtown Minneapolis. And I got to my pastor, and I says, Hey, will you lay hands on me to renew my mind? Do you hear me? That's what I said. I said, will you lay hands on me to renew my mind? Now, you know what that would be if he would have done it? It would have been laying empty hands on empty heads. <laughs> because you don't lay hands on your mind To renew it. You get in the Word. You spend time with God. You get in His presence. You get to know how God thinks. And then you say, well, I'm going to start thinking that way too. That's how you renew your mind. It's a step-by-step thing. You know, uh, you never get to the point where you don't need to keep renewing your mind. You know? so the funny thing is, is that your mind doesn't stay renewed any more than your hair stays combed. Okay. You know, unless you shave your head, I guess. But, but I tell you, um, you know, you, it's a constant thing. We're growing, and that's a good thing. So uh, one signs and wonders were done by their hands. And the multitude of the city was divided, part sided with the Jews and part with the apostles. And a violent attempt was made by both the Gentiles and the Jews with their rulers to abuse and to stone them. I mean, I tell you what, you think you've had it rough today? <laughs> anyway, they became aware of it and, they, and fled to Lystra and Derbe and cities of Lyconia. And to the surrounding region, and there they preached the gospel. They preached the gospel there. And at Lystra, there was a certain man without strength in his feet, was sitting a cripple from his mother's womb who had never walked. Well, this same man heard Paul speaking, and Paul observing him intently, seeing that he had faith to be healed, said with a loud voice, Stand up on your feet. And he leaped and he walked. And the people saw what Paul had done and they raised their voices in the Lyconian language and said the gods have come down to us in the likeness of men. And you know, you know what happened then, I'm sure. You know, Paul and Barnabas they 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 rent their clothes and they said, "No, we're men just like you. He's the boss. He's the boss. He's he's the king. He's the one behind all these things." You know, isn't that something in, in life, you know, you get, you're saved and you walk with God for years, you know. For me, it's been over 40 years. And, and, and no matter how long you've walked with him, yeah, you're constantly coming to this realization that it's all about him. That without him, I can't do it. I can't do this thing without him. And, and uh, you know, so they, they, they were pointing that out to the people. Now, as we read on through chapter 14, I'm going to just tell you that there was continued confrontation with the religious folk and what Paul and Barnabas were preaching. And, and, but they had victories along the way. But at one point, get this, they actually stoned Paul. Paul got stoned, you know, in the biblical sense. And and they drug him out of town thinking he was dead. Many theologians say that this is uh, the the time that 2 Corinthians 12, you know, around verse 12, two or three there it says that Paul had an experience where he was caught up into the third heaven and saw things that he couldn't even speak out with his his natural mind and tongue because they were so great so grand he didn't have words to put on it what you know what happened is he went to heaven there's things in front of us folks there's things that people we know now are enjoying that are beyond what we can even comprehend And Paul had this kind of experience, but you know what? Many theologians think this is when it happened, is when they drug him out of town, and they, they, they thought he was dead. But what happened? Paul got up. They got out of town. He got up, brushed the dust off himself, and walked right back into the town and preached again. There's things in your life that you might think are dead. Maybe other people think are dead. But I'm telling you what, God can resurrect you and bring you up to a place where you go and fulfill the mission he's called you to do. I tell you what, never let down your guard. Never think it's over because it's not over until it's over. You hear? You're still in the game. All right, so let me go back. You know, this is kind of my pattern. I go through and I tell you what's happened in this chapter, but I'm going to tell you I'm going to go back to this. I'm going to go back to the gospel that Paul preached. You know, because there was this man there that was crippled from his from, from birth, who had, the Bible specifically says, he had never walked, sitting there in the church service, and he, it, all we know about is this, that he heard the things that were preached by Paul. So, I can only assume by that, that the gospel that Paul was preaching, because we don't have the recorded message, you know, I can't go in the archives and say, could I see the message Paul preached that day there where the man was crippled, who was, was leaped and walked, you know, I don't have that. But I know this, that if, if the words that he was hearing caused him to have faith to get up and be healed, Paul had to have been preaching a gospel of healing. And I want to just take that this morning and just say this. The gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, it includes physical healing for your body today. God's will for you is healing his will for us is health are you out there this morning Paul could have been preaching some stuff like Romans 8 two. it says the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made us free from the law of sin and death you see as a believer there's a law that's working in you and me that's called the law of life you know I'm learning day by day how to yield to that law that's in me you know I mean, uh, uh, there's laws in this physical world, but spiritually speaking, we have, have partaken of this law of life, and it, it'll cause us, as we yield to it, to rise up above the things of this world, okay? In Acts ten thirty eight, I think Paul might have been preaching some of this, because I know Paul was a preacher, and preachers tend to listen to other preachers and take the things that they preach and go preach them themselves. And, you know, I think Paul probably heard Peter a few times, you know, and he went off and he said this, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power who went about doing good. Can you say good? Aren't you glad that Jesus went about doing good? That he wasn't going around whacking people in the head, giving them cancer, breaking their legs. He went about doing good, healing all those who were oppressed by the devil. For God was with him. Well, let me tell you something. God's with you today. Let me tell you this. Sickness and disease, according to what Peter preached in Acts 10, 38, is an oppression of the devil. Okay, it doesn't mean you're devil-possessed. I'm not saying that at all. But all I'm saying is that the source of sickness is an oppression coming against us, something attacking us from the outside, and, and it's sickness. Isn't that the truth? You know, it's true. Sickness doesn't come from God. It isn't isn't his product, okay? Uh, There isn't a a storehouse in heaven with sickness, you know, and God's up there just figuring out what kind of sickness he can throw on us to teach us a lesson. Okay? All right. Yeah, it's truth. It's truth, folks. You know, if you've never heard that before, well, we're just reading from the Bible. You know, this is just what the Bible says. And... um, so I want to talk about healing because sometimes we read, you know, we got this guy here and, and uh, what city was in, Lystra, or I think it was. And, and, and he's, he's been a cripple his whole life, never walked. And, and uh, he heard this message that Paul preached and, and there was faith in this man. Something was activated. A connection between heaven and earth was made. And really, that's all it takes to get what we need from God, is that connection between heaven and earth to be made. This man had this connection, and it was evident. Paul could tell. You know, you can tell things when you're preaching, if people are getting it or if they're not. I mean, it's just real. You know, just talk to any preacher. They, they could tell you that. You probably, you know, you got, everybody probably knows that. But, but Paul could see that this guy, man, he got lit and he, he, he called him forth. He jumped off, off off his whatever he was on. I don't know if he was on a stool or sitting on the ground or what. But he leapt and he walked. It was instant. Don't you love instant? I love instant. I always go for the instant. You know? If I've given a choice, man, I want it, I want it right now. And I've seen that, you know, over time. You know, I've seen people get instantly healed when I've prayed for them. I've been instantly healed having been prayed for. But, but I'll tell you this. Sometimes healing doesn't come the way I think it's going to come. And so I want to just talk about it for a few minutes this morning. Because sometimes when people don't have it instant, this is the problem. When they don't see it manifest out here immediately, then they contend, and I, we all could, is to kind of walk away and think, well, I guess I didn't get anything. Okay? I guess my days are over. Drag me out of town and leave me in the ditch. But I'm telling you, just like I said already this morning, God's a master at raising us up, having us dust, take the dust off of ourselves and walk on and go and achieve what God's called us to do. Never, 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 ever, ever give up. Don't sit down. Stand up. I mean, not literally right now. Unless you want to. Anyway, Mark 8. I'm going to just tell you a couple different instances of people being healed in the Bible and how different they look. But in Mark 8 is, is a tremendous story, and it's a Jesus story. In verse 23, it says he, he, he took the blind man by the hand and led him out of town. And when he'd spit on his eyes, get this one, we'll be doing that over there in the, the books area, spitting on people, anyway. So he took him out, of, that's probably why he took him out of town. He thought, this is going to look weird if I'm sitting in front of all these people spitting on this guy. I used to say the act of spitting is most actively pre- uh, witnessed in the front row from the preacher, but, but anyway. Uh, Jesus took him out of town and spit on his eyes and put his and put his hands on him too. He got the double whammy. He got spit on, and then he had hands laid on him <laughs> by Jesus. This isn't even by Peter or Paul. It was by Jesus, and and it says he asked him if he saw anything, and he looked up and said, "I I, I see men like trees walking." And I think he had just come out of the Lord of the Rings movie and he had seen that experience. But he says, man, I'm seeing men like trees and they're walking. And Jesus says, well, you're not quite there yet. All right? This wasn't the end place. So what did he do? He put his hands on him again and made him look up and he was restored and he saw everyone clearly. See, the thing you wouldn't want to do Is walk away and say well I'm sure a lot better I see men that look like trees walking and that's your life your lot in life no there's more there's more what you do when you're walking through things I know Dana and I have talked about this week you know we've walked through some things and I'll tell you the thing you want to always remember when you're walking through a trial or a storm sickness is get your connection with God get your connection with him do whatever it takes to get your heart hooked up with heaven because that's where power goes I love that this man he saw men who look like trees walking and and uh, what he did is he went right back to Jesus you know you can see that here he is right there in his presence he he plugged in for more he says, "I, I got some. I, I need the whole load here. I need it all." Jesus says, "You're right. You need it all." He, he says, "Be healed. Go." Luke 17. It says, "Now it happened as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee." Luke 17:11. Then, as he entered into a village, there met him ten men who were lepers who stood afar off, and they lifted up their voices and said, Master, have mercy on us. Sometimes you're going through stuff, that's the best thing you can do, is call out for mercy. I love it that God has no shortage of mercy. It says in Lamentations, that His mercies are new every day. Do you guys live by that? The power of the new day mercies? Sometimes I've gone to bed at night, and I always talk to God, you know, before I go to bed, at, you know, laying in bed, you know. And, and I go to sleep, and I wake up, and it's just like there's strength for a new day. There's power that's from God. So they called out for mercy. He said, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said to them, go show yourselves to the priests. And so it was, this is the part that stood out to me, that as they went, they were cleansed. Did you get that? As they went, they were cleansed. I've had this happen many times, personally, and then when I've prayed for people, I've seen that happen, that as they went, they were healed. Someone I heard a testimony this week. Uh, someone, I think, had come forward for prayer here on Sunday, and, and they got prayed for, and they said, well, immediately the pain left. But as, as I went through the week, you know, all the other things lined up. The other things lined up. You see, sometimes people would say, well, if I didn't get the whole load right there, I'm giving up. I'm quitting. Don't ever give up. Keep your connection with him. 2 Kings chapter 5, verse 9. One, this is one of my favorite Old Testament stories because, you know, who can't relate to this? You know, but Naaman, you know, he was an important guy. and He, he, he had leprosy and... And uh, I won't go into the whole story, but he basically he was a very uh, he was a very uh, high standing guy, and he he comes up in his chariots, you know, to to the prophet, to Elijah, you know. It probably would be equivalent, you know. His chariots probably were like someone pulling up in a Rolls Royce or something, or at least a Mercedes. Okay, I mean he was he was he was all right. He was you know an elevated dude. And, and uh, he, was, he had servants. He was used to people doing things for him. And, and Elijah sent a messenger to him. Elisha was the prophet. And, and he didn't come out, you know, because of all the pomp and circumstance here. He just he sent a, a messenger out to this guy. And, and um, he said, Go wash in the Jordan River seven times, and your flesh will be restored to you, and you'll be clean. But Naaman became furious. Furious one translation said he became wroth. don't isn't that an interesting word Roth Sounds like he went into a tiz is what happened and 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 he went away and he said he said this indeed I said to myself Indeed I said to myself He'll surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of his Lord and wave his hand over the place and heal the leprosy You know what you say to yourself has a dramatic effect on you. That's true. See, Naaman was trapped by what he said to himself. He said, "This is how it's gonna be. Surely, this man of God—he's—he's—he's he's, he's in connection with heaven. He's gonna come out. He's gonna see me pull up with all my parade here. He's gonna come out, wave his hand over me, and I tell you what, healing's gonna come right like that." When you put God in a box. You're limiting yourself. Yes. Okay? He'll do it different than you think. In fact, you might have to change your thinking to get what God has for you. So Naaman went away. I'll just tell you the story. The Naaman, Naaman went away in, the, in his huff, in his tizzy attitude, you know, and, and, and being wroth and all these things. And, and, and his servant comes up to him and he says, listen, listen, master, if he'd have told you to do some great thing, I know you, you would have gone and done it. How hard is this? Go dip in the river Jordan seven times. So you know what? Naaman took hold of his thoughts. He grabbed hold of his self-talk, his self-thoughts, and he pulled them in. He, he, he last sued them, and he, he corralled them. He, he, he cattle roped them and brought them in to, to subjection here. He says, listen. I'm not going to go thinking all kinds of wild things. I'm going to do what the man said. And he went and dipped himself in the River Jordan seven times. Why seven times? I don't know. But I tell you what, he came up with baby skin. Baby skin. All right. That's what we're all about, right? Baby skin here. All right. How do I get into this healing stuff? All right. you You know, again, keeping a connection with God is important. That's how you do it. And probably one of the, 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 the easiest ways to get that connection with him is to go to God in his word, okay? Can I tell you this? God is everything his word says he is, okay? Can I tell you something else? You are everything his word says you are, okay? Sometimes I hear his word, and I think I don't quite measure up with everything he's saying about me. I know none of you ever felt like that. But, you know, sometimes I, I, I think that, and that doesn't mean I get down and I say, oh, man, this could never be. It goes, oh, I got room to grow. It means, hey, there's more. There's more out there in front of me. There's more I can, I can attain. You know, walking with Him, there's always going to be more. You'll never get stuck in some place and say, hey, I've arrived. I've got all I need, all I'll ever have to have. No, nope, no, nope. you walk with Him, there's going to be more. So in John 15, 7, John 15 7 Jesus said this he said if you abide in me and my words abide in you he says you're going to ask what you desire and it'll be done for you I like the uh, Kenneth Wiest translation of this he says if you maintain a living communion with me and get this one and my words are at home in you I command you to ask at once something for yourself whatever your heart desires it'll become yours you see, again, it's about connection. and how, how One way you can connect with God is through His Word. Find out what His Word says about your life. Find out what His Word says about your situation. Get this. Allow His Word to be more real to you than the things you're facing. You know that in the beginning, when God made Adam and Eve, they were so caught up with God that they didn't even know they were naked? I mean, come on. And if that's not enough, Adam was so caught up in God, he didn't even know his wife was naked. That's next level. Just saying. Yeah. So one way you can tap into healing power is connecting with God through his word. Psalm 107, verse 20, it says this, he said he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from destruction. How powerful is this word? Well, how powerful are you letting it be in you? Okay? He says this, that he sent his word to you and healed you and delivered you from destruction. I'll tell you, it's, it's full of power. He said, if you'll let this word have its home in you, in you, then ask what your heart desires, it'll be done. In Mark 4, uh, 23, I love this. It says, if anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. (laughs) You know, you can have physical ears and still not have ears to hear. Jesus talked about another set of ears. He said, if any of you out there have ears to hear, let them hear. Then he said to them this. He said, take heed what you hear. With the same measure you use, it will be measured to you. And I love this part. It says, and you who hear, more will be added. Isn't that interesting? I mean, well, goodness, Jesus, the words you use. But he said this. If you'll have ears to hear and you do hear, he says, more is going to be added to you. You know that's what the Holy Spirit does. That's what He does here in this place every week. Is He adds things to people, people that have ears to hear, that want to hear the truth. The the word comes into their life, and then He goes and it's like a it's like a bomb that goes off in you and goes, and it goes places you didn't even know it needed to go, and it tells you things you didn't need you didn't know, but you need to know, because Holy Spirit does these things. Then another one in Mark 4, uh, verse 26, he says this. Uh, he says, The kingdom of God is as if a man scattered seed on the ground, and he slept by night and rose by day. And the seed sprouts up and grows, but he himself doesn't know how. For the earth yields crops by itself, first the blade, then the head, then the full grain in the head. And when the grain ripens, immediately puts in the sickle because the harvest comes. You see, the word many times is talked about as being a seed. And you get that seed of his word, really you get that in your heart. And I tell you, you go about life. You sleep, you get up, you sleep, you get up. And I tell you all the time, that word is working. You see, in a believer, change happens on the inside first. And then it affects the outside. Okay, that word going off in your heart, I tell you, man, it's an explosion. It's like seed being planted. And I tell you what, it'll grow up and it'll affect things out here. Talking about healing, talking about a way we can tap in to God's presence, a way we can tap into God's power in the realm of healing is through his word. Okay, I always say this, the word is like a treasure map that'll lead you into his presence. Okay? That's what it's for. So in in 1 Corinthians 3, just a couple more things here. Are you hanging in there? All right. 1 Corinthians 3, 6 is, is a familiar verse to many. Paul's talking here. He said this. He says, I planted, Apollos watered, and God gave the increase. I planted, Apollos watered, and God gave the increase. So what does this mean that he planted in Apollos, watered and well, we can figure out what God gave the increase here, but what is this planting and watering stuff, you know? Well, here's the thing is that Paul and Apollos were both preachers of the gospel, and the first time you hear the word in an area, it's the, the seed is being planted, but how many know that planting the seed is not the end? He says that that Apollos came and he watered. How do you water this seed that's planted in a person? The same way you received it in the beginning. It's by hearing the word, by, by getting, plugging into the word. Apollos came and he taught more on what Paul had already told them. And you see what I found about seeds and water, I don't know about you, but I found this. That seeds always take way more watering than I think they need. Has anybody else ever seen that? They need all. I I, I came, you know. Uh, every Thursday we do the the, the Bible study get together connection group over at the Raw Deal. So I, I was pulling in a couple weeks ago at like six fifteen, and they open at six thirty. So I was across the street from them, watching watching for any sign of life in the in the establishment, you know, for a light to come on, so I could buzz up to the door. And while I was doing it, the, the city came by and, and they were watering the flowers that hang on, off the light posts. How many appreciate the flowers in town? I mean, they always look so fresh, you know. So I'm just sitting there doing nothing, watching for, for life to happen at the raw deal. And this lady is, is watering the plants. And I was amazed at how much time she spent on every basket. These are big, and they have this big tank of water with a hose coming out and a long spout on the end that could go right up into the the, the flowering baskets. And, and I counted on one of them up to 30, and then I just quit, and I was just standing there watching her going, whoa, you're over 30 seconds on that thing. I think they're going to drown. She kept going and going and going, and then she went to the other one and did the same thing. Then she came back to the one she just finished, and I thought, what? What? You know, I planted seeds in in, in our our garden. I do that every year, these wildflower seeds, you know, and and, and it's like I have to water them every day, every day. In fact, twice a day sometimes I get out there, and I think, well, you know, my mind, I think, well, hey, I watered them this morning. Why would they need more water? But they need water. You know, the word gets in you. You got to water that seed you got to tend to it you got to keep going and going um, in Proverbs uh, I'm going to switch here but Proverbs uh, 26 20 it says this This quick little proverb here it says where there's no wood the fire goes out so I switched from seed to wood but it says where there's no wood the fire goes out you know how many want to burn for God yeah. just be lit right yeah. put the wood on the fire Okay? Put a little wood on the fire. That's how fires stay lit. Put a little more wood. Says, so the fire's going down. Put a little more wood on that fire. It'll glow. Psalm 39, three. It says this. this the, the psalmist said, my heart was hot within me and while I was meditating, this version says musing, same thing. Uh, it says, while I was musing or meditating, the fire burned. It says, then I spoke with my tongue. Uh, you see, Spending time with God and his word, meditating in his word, allowing his word to get on the inside of you, allowing yourself to just soak up his word, I'm telling you, it's a powerful thing. And the psalmist says, while I was meditating, the fire burned. The fire burned. And he says, and then I spoke with my tongue. Sometimes, as Christians, we're too quick to speak with our tongue. We ought to let the fire burn a while. Let there be some power in it. Get in the Spirit. Get in His Word. Let His Word be in you, and then let it come out with your tongue. Now, don't go be speaking a bunch of junk either. I'm not saying that, okay, beforehand. You know, control your tongue. Make it speak what you want it to. But I'm telling you, when you're making that declaration of faith, the power in it is when you can hook your tongue up with your insides, okay, and let it come out your mouth. Uh, One more scripture I want to go to this morning. Is this okay today? It's okay we talk about these things? See, healing is for you. Healing is something that Jesus accomplished for you on the cross. When he went to that cross, you know, not this cross, but the cross, he went there and he took the sin of the world. But he didn't just take the sin of the world. He took the sickness of the world. He took the poverty of the world. The truth is this, is that he became what we were. And he paid the price for who we were. He paid the price for our sin. paid the price for our sickness. He paid the price for it all. And we can come to him and receive what's already been done, what's already been accomplished. Healing has been done for us. We're not trying to talk God into healing. We're just trying to line ourselves up with him. And, you know, again... I have to keep coming back to it I can't figure I've got this thing mastered I've got it whooped I know this stuff no it's what what you're using right now it's the connection you have with him right now it's keeping that connection with him every day Proverbs 4 and 20 again talking about healing talking about the word says my son give attention to my words Incline your ear to my sayings. Don't let them depart from your eyes, but keep them in the midst of your heart. For they, my words, are life to those that find them and health to all their flesh. The footnote of my Bible there says, my words are medicine for all your flesh. Jesus just gave us a prescription for healing. He gave us a prescription. You know how many you never go to the doctor and you get a prescription? You know what you do? You run down to the pharmacist. You get it checked. And before they give the pharmacist gives you the, the medicine, he'll usually say, have you ever taken this before? You go, no, no, no. And they'll say, well, this is what you do. You take it like this. You take it this often. Do it with meals, without meals, with water, without, I don't know, whatever. They'll tell you everything you need to do. This is what they just said to us here. He says, Pay attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Don't let them depart from your eyes, but keep them in your heart. Keep them in your heart. Keep the seed in the soil that it's been planted. Keep it there. Guard your heart. Because that, medicine, that word is like a seed. That word is like medicine. That word is like wood on the fire. You keep that stuff in there, I tell you what, the fire is going to glow, the seed's going to grow, your, he- your flesh, your health, health is going to spring forth in your body. Are you with me this morning? This is a path you can take. This is a path you can get connected with God. I mean, you know, there's, there's other ways God moves, there's other ways God heals, you know, people, but I tell you, this is a proven way you can get in connection with Him and see fruit in your life fruit in your body. Amen.
1: Hey church family, Gary here. We want to talk about some of the ways that you can give. One of the ways you can give is with the envelopes which are on the back of most of the chairs. Just grab an envelope, clearly print all the information on the back, and then drop it into the white boxes which are located near the doors in the sanctuary. Another way to give is with text messaging. So send a text message to 77977 saying, love giving and then wait a second for the response, click the link, set the amount you wanna give, whether it's a reoccurring gift, and then hit Give. Another way to give is on the website. Go to www.wearelovechurch.com. Up at the top, you're gonna see a word saying Give. Click that. You'll see a button that says Click Here to Give, so go ahead and click it, and then it's gonna take you to a page asking you the amount, whether it's a one-time gift or a reoccurring gift. Go ahead and hit Next, and then Confirm. Another way you can give is with the Love Church app. You can download it from the iOS store or the Google Play store. Once it's installed, just open it up, you'll see a button that says Give, tap that, select the amount, whether it's a one-time gift or a reoccurring, and then hit Give.